I want you to know, however hot it is you are out there, it's hotter up here. Ricky, I'm, I'm watching. You're just, you're glowing. <laughs> I'm bringing an extra shirt today. <laughs> um, we'll start this way. We have a thumbs up, you can go thumbs down, or you can go thumbs sideways. Here's the question. How was your week? Was it a good week? Was it a bad week? Was it all right? I want to see, I want to see. Okay, got some ups, got some couple, couple sideways. No downs? No downs, wow, okay, okay. <laughs> we got stitches. That's kind of a down week, right, brother? Um, so this week was a wild week for me. I started the week in Chicago. I had to go to Chicago and go to my college, and uh, I had to, like, see, I had to meet all the, the peoples. Then I came home, and then also my anniversary was in Chicago. My wife and I, we had a nice dinner, and it was wonderful. Came home, got home Tuesday. On Wednesday, drove to Sault Ste. Marie, so four hours north, north of the bridge. Um, some of our friends over at the Rock Church are doing an outdoor revival all along the UP. So I went to Sault Ste. Marie to, to join them and help them one night as they preached the gospel to Sault Ste. Marie, and it was awesome. It was awesome. And then yesterday, I, um, I volunteered me and some people from the church to help for the Crim race, because the Crim's a big deal every year in the city. It's a big race. So I decided I wanted to help the crim. So I get there, and they, they took, put us all different places. And I was put in the beverage tent, and uh, it was me and a bunch of, like, it was a high school basketball team. So they're all young. It's like, well, all these girls, they have to do, they got to do soda because they're young. Well, you obviously are older than 21. I'm like, yes, I am. How could you tell? Uh, no, but uh, they're like, well, we need you to do beer because you're the only guy here who's old enough. Now it's like, oh man, <laughs> like, this is gonna go great for me. There'll be, be a Facebook picture of me like, I don't know what's gonna happen. But I'm like, I'll help, I'll help. I'll run ice, I'll do what I can. So I'm kind of feeling weird about it. But I ended up working next to someone, the, um, the whole shift, and we started talking. And it was a really surprisingly insightful conversation. Um, this woman shared some of her story as we, we worked together. Uh, this is a young woman, a young mother. And a few years ago, her husband passed away in a, single, in a, passed away in a car accident. And so now she's raising her children as a widow. She's a young lady with young children. And we talked about her life after the accident. The kids getting counseling. What she did in the aftermath. Wanting to bury herself in her work. Bury herself in the kids, you know? And not face it herself. How eventually you can't hide from that kind of grief forever. You know what I'm saying? You can't push that down it's going to come out, right? Her and I talked about grief probably the entire time I was there. Grief and suffering and sadness and loss. Finally, at the end, and we're talking very frankly, 
Finally, the question comes up, and it always does. So what do you do for a living? And I was like, uh, let me tell you what I do for a living. I was like, I, I'm a pastor. And I know I was going to go. I didn't know if she was going to be, like, mad or, and she just smiled. And she's like, God ain't done with me yet, is he? I'm like, no. No, he's not. Today we're going to talk a little bit about sadness. We talked last week about happiness. So happiness was last week. Yay. That was last week. And there is good things in the world. There is reason to rejoice. This week we talk about sadness, sickness. We're using a very fancy word. We're using the word lament. Lament. Not lament. Lament. Lament is another word for sadness. It's a word for grieving. To lament is simply to give time to feel the bad thing that's happened to you. I would mean to lament something, to focus, to think, to feel what has happened. Now, lament is often paired with the word called hope. And the word hope means, hope means like a, to hope means to look upward to God and to trust him. To hope means, even though I might be in a bad situation, I trust God, I put myself in his loving hands, and I'm going to trust that he's got me. I'm going to hope that whatever happens, I'm going to be all right. So lament, feeling sad. Hope, having hope. Being optimistic, assuming God is good and he has me. Whatever happens, it's going to be okay. I'm going to look upward even if things are bad. Now, a lot of Christians think I can do one or the other. I can either lament or I can hope, right? They think if I go through a hard situation, I'm going to make a choice now. Do I be, feel sad or do I be hopeful? But I want to say to this day that lamenting and hope is not merely an either-or kind of thing, okay? It's not like ketchup or mustard. I don't know why I said that. Because um, you obviously can put two things on a sandwich. Um, but it's not two opposite things, okay? It's not an either-or. It's much more rich than that. And I'm going to put up for you a graph, a quadrant. I hope those of you at home can see this as well. We have, when it comes to lament and hope, we have four possible choices. How to treat lament and how to treat hope. And we're going to go through all four of these things today and we're going to see how all Christians throughout history have made decisions on how they're going to face grief, how they're going to face trial. And we're going to start in the bottom right, the bottom right. Some people choose to lament with no hope. Some Christians decide to lament with no hope. I go to Psalm 137. This is a lament psalm. It reads as follows. By the waters of Babylon... There we sat down and wept. 
when we remembered Zion. On the willows there, we hung up our lyres, for there our captured required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. What's happening here? The nation of Israel was invaded by a nation called Babylon. And Babylon won the war. Not only did Babylon invade and take over Israel, Babylon then took the Israelites, the Jewish people, put them in chains, and drug them back to Babylon. They were now an enslaved people in a foreign land. And some of the people who were kidnapped were artists, musicians, writers, poets. Let's say someone bought you, and you were a slave, and they said, listen, you're good at a guitar, why don't you play me one of the songs of your people? Play me a happy ditty to make me feel good about my life. And I'm like, how can I sing a happy song? I am in chains in a foreign land. I'm far away from my mama's house. Some of my family's dead in Israel. I belong to you guys. I don't have a happy song in my heart. You're asking me to be happy and entertain you, but there's no joy inside of me. And he goes on, that's what he says. How shall, verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. You guitarists know what that means, don't you? Because if I forget Jerusalem, take away my talented musician. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. Go to verse 9. This is how this, this, is how this ends, this, this song. So most songs of lament end differently than this song ends. This song has one of the most brutal endings of any song in the entire psalm book. Listen to the ending, verse 9. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. The King James says, blessed are you when your little ones' heads are slammed against the rocks. It's a horrible ending for a song. The song ending means this. The writer is saying, it's so awful being a slave. The family next to me, whose kids died, you're lucky because your kids are not born as slaves. That's brutal, right? That song ends with no hope, only despair. Only sadness. And some Christians live here. I know some Christians who believe the world is bad and there's no beauty down here. There's no hope down here. When you live this way, okay, when you believe this, when lament with no hope leads to despair. Lament with no hope leads to despair. If you think life is all bad and all you focus on is the negative, you will live a life very, very despairing. Listen, I can tell you my life story of growing up in Flint and I can choose all the bad things and I can make my life a stinking tragedy of a story. There were bad things that happened. But you know what? I'd be skipping over me and my brothers 
being stupid and playing and having the best time together and running the streets and being wild and climbing. What do you call those towers? Electrical towers on the east side, which is really dangerous but hilarious. Um, I'd skip over my grandmother and my uncle and driving to Texas and getting lost in Indianapolis. There's good there too. I can focus on the bad. I can focus on the bad. We all can. And if you focus on the bad, guess what? If you focus on the negative, you will despair. That's not the path. Or you decide to not believe in hope or lament, good or bad. You decide to be, I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes. This is, this, is song, this is Solomon who sings this song. Solomon says this. Solomon says this. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. All is meaningless. If you read Ecclesiastes, Solomon's going to say, nothing matters. Everything is old. There's nothing new under the sun. Why even bother? Some Christians that I've met believe, well, life's hard, so why bother engaging it at all? If I don't love anybody, I can never be hurt, so I won't have any, I won't have no highs, I'll have no lows, I'll be this emotionless, detached person. That's not the answer either. Now, they're half right. If you don't love anyone, you can't be hurt. That does make sense. But what are the two great commandments? What are the two great commandments? What are they? Love God, love people. Love God, love people. If you say, my strategy for life is to love nobody, you're breaking the two commandments. Listen, loving people is dangerous. If you choose to love, you will experience loss. This Christmas, my uh, family bought a dog, a puppy, and he was really cute when we bought him, her. <laughs> now, buying a puppy, I knew what was going to happen. I know what this meant. This meant dog sitters. This meant cleaning up poop on walks every, every morning. And someday... The dog's going to grow up in age, and that dog is, is going to die. And for a lot of kids, their first touch of death is with their, their pet. And anyone here who's had a pet dog, when you were a kid, you grew up, had to bury your dog, is that a loss? I mean, that's a cry-fest loss. Like, you think it's like, oh, it's just a dog, and you're like, oh. Like, it's, it is a real loss. Imagine, I won't say that. My point is this. I knew getting my kids a dog, they were going to have affection for that animal, they were going to care for that animal, and they were going to be part of their lives, were going to be all of a sudden vulnerable. When you love anybody, you are becoming vulnerable. When my wife and I had children, we knew we were putting our souls outside our body. That was a choice we made. If you choose to love someone like a spouse, you can be hurt in a new way now. You love someone more than yourself, 
you can be hurt, and it's worth it. It's worth it. We cannot lock ourselves in a room. I'm not going to love no one or care for no one. That way no one can hurt me. To love is to chance. To love is to be vulnerable, and that is a good thing. Listen, being a part of a church is a gamble because a church can hurt you. The pastor can be a jerk. Not here, but other places. I mean, imagine going to a race and seeing your pastor running beer to the beer tent. Hypocrite. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. Oh, it, was a, it was a long day. Loving a church, people can fail you. They can hurt your feelings. They let you down. You can need, you need help and no one calls. That can happen, even part of a church family. But it's worth the risk. That path of no hope, no lament, that's not our path. That's not the way, Christians, we need to live. This next one is one I've seen a lot. It's hope with no lament. Some people decide, you know what? I'm only going to be happy. I'm going to leave no room for sadness in my life. Some Christians talk about that like it's a good thing. And some Christians will go to Psalm 149 to prove their point. Listen to Psalm 149. It says this. Psalm 149. Okay. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Some Christians try to say all the time, I'm happy. They believe if they're not happy, they're disobedient, they're sinful, they're wrong. That's why a lot of people go to church on Sundays and they put on their fake happy face and pretend, I'm okay. How are you? I'm blessed. That's the Christian lingo we use. And we just sell what we believe is what a Christian should be. I believe a Christian should always be happy. I'm going to try to be happy all the time. If I'm not happy, I'm going to try to stuff it down. I'm going to run away from it. I'm going to just try to do something that make the feelings come back. This is not a good way to live. I remember I was at a church pastoring. There was this couple that came every Sunday, always smiling. How you doing? Oh, doing good, Pastor. Sitting there holding hands doing worship. Every Sunday. One day they don't show up. Week two, three, I call them up. Hey guys, where you been? You guys okay? Oh, Pastor, well, you know, me and your old lady getting divorced. What? I saw you three weeks ago. It was great. He goes, Oh, it's been bad for a long time. Been a few years, not been talking, been fighting. I'm like, I asked you, I've, I've sat in your house, I asked how are things, you told me they were awesome. Oh, well, they weren't. And we put this, we put this like picture out there, pretending I'm great, it's all good, and it's not. That's not the path either. Pretending we're okay 
it's unrealistic because there is real bad things in the world. I remember when I was younger, I first got married to Angie. And I told her, when I die, I want you to burn me up, put me in a pot, and no funeral. Uh, there's real words for this. Um, cremation. Cremate me, put me in an urn. We'll just do that. We'll have mom make tacos, it'll be fine. And my wife, and I, I want no one to mourn. We all, everyone says this, right? I want no one to feel bad. My wife said to me, Ernesto, you're dead. It's not about you anymore. She's like, I need you in a casket. I need to walk and see you're gone. I need to, I need to be able to have closure. And I'm like, man. She's like, I need to cry. I need to feel the loss. I'm like, okay. I guess I'm dumb and I'm wrong. So we can't just pretend there's only goodness, only joy, only hope, because lament does exist. Bad things do happen, right? There is sin in the world. There is sickness in the world. In our little church family, there's COVID in the house again, not like right now in here. But people I know have COVID, and they're home with fevers. Cancer's in our family. There is disease People we know and love are facing physical maladies that are not going away. Not a pill today and I'm good tomorrow. I'm talking facing sickness and there's no easy answers. How do you face that? Don't you pretend? Oh, you know, me and the Lord, all is well. No. We as Christians believe in both things at the same time, hope and lament. We have to embrace both these truths at the same time. Hope and lament is our path. It is the path of faithful suffering. I believe in God, and I believe he is good, and I believe he is true. But I live here. I've buried people that were too young. I have buried fathers. I have buried children. I have seen people leave, abandon their children. I've seen wives leave their family. I've seen husbands abandon their families. I have seen people do horrible, selfish things in this life. There is reason to lament. There is reason to mourn. There are sad things here. And we must hold both these things at the same time. We must hold hope and lament in both our hands. I trust God. I believe in God. But man, is it hard. I go to Psalm chapter 13. This is a lament psalm. Listen, listen to the words of David. David says this, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my own soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Now, this is real pain. 
David feels far away from God. David's like, how long will you forget me, Lord? You know what he feels like? He feels forgotten. I thought you loved me, God. I've been praying, I've been praying, and I don't feel you. Where are you, God? I have enemies coming against me. My kingdom's falling apart, and I don't see salvation. How am I going to survive this? That's real pain, real sadness. But listen how this song ends. But, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Every single lament psalm ends the same way, with a decision. Yes, it's bad. Yes, it's hard. Yes, I feel bad, but I choose to trust in you, O Lord. I choose to hope. We do not deny the emotions. We do not deny that it's hard. Listen, Christians should mourn. It is good to mourn. The Bible says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Every year, me and my kids, me and, my, me and the whole family, we watch a movie called Inside Out every single year. When the school year begins, we watch Inside Out. It's a Pixar cartoon. If you've not seen it, what are you waiting for? Um, it's fantastic in every way. The movie... It's basically inside, you're inside a kid's head, and there's like five emotions. And joy is the main emotion. And joy, her goal is to keep the kid happy all the time. Be happy, be happy, be happy. And sadness is kind of like the bad guy. Get, sadness, go stay in the corner. We don't want you, we don't need you, we don't like you. At the end of the story, though, the emotions learn that sometimes we have to be sad. That sadness lets everyone around us know that we need help. At the end, sadness comes to the middle and pushes her little blue button and the, the main character cries and her parents come and we cry every time we watch it. And every year it gets harder. Every year I cry more than last year. Whew. But that movie is right about something. Sometimes a cry feels good, don't it? Sometimes a good cry can just be a burden off your soul. Now, not, not everyone's a crier all the time. I, I get teary probably like once a week. But it's teary. They don't fall down or nothing. So I get teary once a week. I get the single tear probably once a month. The single one tear. That's a big deal for me. And like once a year, I let it rain, baby. And I need to, because life is full of loss. And once in a while, I need to get on my knees, and i got to let it fall down, because it's hard. I tell my children. Well, that's them, don't cry at school. I tell them that, because um, kids are mean. They'll eat you. I say, if, if you go through a hard thing, hard time, it's okay to cry. It's okay to mourn. Tomorrow, I'm going to see an old friend of mine a good friend of mine. And a story not many people know is that my daughter was almost named after his daughter. This good friend was a mentor of mine. Uh, he helped me. 
He was a father figure for me for many years. This man had three sons. They got pregnant one more time, him and his wife did, and they were going to have a daughter. And they were so excited. They had three boys. They finally got the little girl. And uh, we talk about it all the time. And uh, they went the full nine months, full nine-month pregnancy. And at nine months, the mom was like, I haven't felt the baby all day today. And I'm concerned because the baby was very active. The baby would kick and move, how babies do in bellies. The whole day goes by. Baby doesn't do nothing. She goes to the hospital. She's a little scared. Like, Doc, you know, baby doesn't move. No kicking, no nothing. Can't find the heartbeat. And sure enough, they don't know what happened. But at nine months full term, that baby passed away. And she had to deliver. She had to give birth to a stillborn child. Now, this is a good friend of mine. I love this man. When I heard that his little girl died the day she was born, I, 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 I wept. He gave her a name. He held her for an hour. And they buried her. And I didn't call right away. I didn't, I'm like, him and his wife and the kids are all grieving. I'm not family. I'm not going to call yet. So I, I gave him some space. But five days later, I finally picked up the phone and I called him. I asked him, how are you? And I'll never forget what he said. Because he was crying. He was crying on the phone. Um, and he said, I, you know, I'm, I'm hurt. I don't, know my, I don't know why my little girl died. He said, but I know God is good and I love him. In the midst of his loss, in the midst of... A loss I can't even understand. He chose to hope. That's the path we're called to. A path of faithful suffering. We all want to be healed, don't we? If I get an ear infection, heal me, Lord. I want it today. But you know what? Jesus asked his father. Jesus asked the father, take this cup from me. And the father said you got to go to the cross. And Christ went to the cross, and he was crucified there. And if we are his, what did Christ say? A, a student is not greater than the master. If they hated me, they'll also hate you. You will suffer the way I suffered. Listen, your path may include suffering. It may include cancer or blindness, chronic pain, neurological damage, your path might have things that don't go away easily, things that just you have to carry with you day after day after day. And that is hard. I just read a book called Embodied Hope by Kelly Capick, which is where this graph, put the graph up there again for me, this quadrant comes from that book. I'll put it up on our Facebook today. It's called Embodied Hope. It's about a man whose wife ended up with chronic pain. They never found an answer for her, and she lived with that her whole life. And he read a word about just what it was like to walk in that pain day after day after day. And him and her wrote that book together, and it gave me, it was good for my soul to read. 
My point is this. We're not promised easy street. We're not promised healing. We're not promised the good that's going to roll. There are good seasons. I'm in one right now. I'm going to be a jerk about it. My kids are 10 and 9. It's like, it's like the, the primo years, right? It's like wrestling and farts are still funny. It's great. I'm just saying. I'm assuming that goes away. I, I don't know yet. I don't know. Some of the person like, it doesn't go away. <laughs> Boys are always stupid. Oh, good, good to know. Um, but listen. Faithful suffering, lamenting with hope. At the same time, there are hard things. It's okay to say, listen, I t- I'm getting better than my wife. I'll tell her sometimes, babe, I'm not doing well. I don't like saying that. I'd rather say, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. That's, that's the first answer we always say, right? I'm fine. How are you really doing? I said, I'm fine. Really? No. We're, we're, we're so, we hold our cards so close to the chest. Those people that love you want to know how you're doing. We're called, like Christ and like David, to be faithful sufferers, to hold lament and hope at the same time. The Bible says, we do not mourn like those who have no hope, but we still mourn. We just mourn with hope. This is the path that we're called to as believers in Christ. We are allowed to be sad. We are allowed to get knocked on our butts. We're allowed to get shaken down to our cores. We're allowed to go to counseling. Whoa! I'm serious. That lady I met, her three kids who lost their dad went to counseling. I've heard preachers say therapies for people with lack of faith. Those preachers are stupid and they're wrong. I know those guys too, sorry. They're not evil, they're just, they're just stupid and wrong. You're allowed to get hit hard and need help. We're allowed to be sad. I want to end by saying this. It has been a hard, stinking 18 months. How many of us had COVID? How many of you? It's going up. Well, I had it twice. Um, <laughs> How many of us had loved, dude, I got a call this week from a guy who's come to this church, a guy I love, I got a call this week from his wife, telling me he got the Delta variant and it killed him this week down in South Carolina. It's been a hard year and a half. Is school open? Is school closed? Am I working in the office? I'm working from home. Do I wear a mask? Do I, do I distance? Vaccine? Johnson & Johnson? Moderna? Oh, like all these decisions ahead of us. It's been a hard year. It's okay to say I'm tired. It's okay to say, man, this has been a tough year. It's all right to admit you're a little afraid. It's better than faking it. It's better than shoving it all down, pretending it's okay. It's not okay. We've all been through the ringer the last two years, yo. Take care of yourselves. With that said, I'm going to ask Brother Billy... Billy Hampton, can you go upstairs, give me candy from the kids' area? I need candy to give to these kids, these monkeys. That'd be really helpful. So we're going to go ahead, and we're going to pray together. Let us pray. Father in heaven.
Let us be courageous in how we hurt. Let us mourn well. Let us hurt well. Let us face the pain. Let us name it. Admit it. Talk about it. Confess it. And while we hurt, help us to trust in you. To not push you away or get mad or run away, but to hold on to you. Because, Lord, in this moment of weakness is when we need you most. For our friends in South Carolina who lost her husband, comfort her, O oh Lord. For our friends at home watching online who have fevers, Lord, take care of them. To friends in our church who have just buried loved ones, comfort the hurting. Those in this room who carry sickness in their bodies, give them strength for the journey. Lord, you know we need. Help us to be faithful sufferers as we walk forward. In Christ's name we ask these things. Amen.